Welcome to the Medical Mnemonist Podcast, brought to you by Med School Coach. Each episode, take a journey into the top techniques for medical mnemonics, study skills, board exam tips, and accelerated learning in higher education. Now, here's your host, Chase DeMarco. Welcome back to part five of our mini-series, our audio course, whatever you want to call it at this point. But if you've stuck around this long, congratulations. If you haven't checked out the past episodes, I highly recommend it. You're not necessarily going to understand what's going on here without the previous episodes to kind of build you up, build up your skills, build up your creativity. And now we're going to combine some of the techniques into the story method also called the journey method and goes by a few other names you'll find in mnemonics there is a diversity of language depending on who came up with what thought at what time and it's just not really solidified there so being aware of the different names it goes by makes it easier to research further information i suppose and in particular you're definitely going to want to listen to the first part of this mini series where we go into techniques for creating your own visual mnemonics and your memory journal at this point, if you've been following along, should be getting filled out quite nicely. Maybe you've even taken it upon yourself to do some extra tasks on top of the homework assignments we've given every week, but do make sure to go and complete those homework assignments, preferably before trying to listen to this one. It'll make this episode make a lot more sense. You'll have the background knowledge and some of the skills and techniques down a little bit better, but if not, then we should still be able to explain the basic concept of the story method or journey method for you, but it would be much better and you won't be able to complete today's homework unless you've kind of got some experience on this before. And as you will be aware, we have been developing further and further as we go along, building up skills step by step, building up our visual dictionaries that we can potentially reuse later on, and we're going to combine all of them in the next episode which is going to be the last episode of this medical mnemonics mini-series. But for this one, let's focus on the purpose of the story method and the basic structure of it. So the story method is an alternative for remembering multiple items, especially in a sequence or a process, as opposed to maybe the memory palace, which we'll go into more detail next episode, and I've covered in multiple episodes in the past. And depending on what you're trying to remember, this technique can be very useful in some situations and maybe less so in others. For instance, our episode with Nelson Dellis, he prefers this method for remembering, let's say, the order of all of the U.S. presidents or something along those lines, because you can form this story that forms a sequence of events. And by connecting one visual mnemonic to the next, to the next, you develop a sequential order of all of the mnemonics you've created thus far. So one of the first things you're probably going to want to do if you're utilizing this structure is to sketch out or organize the story, for lack of a better term, in a manner that makes sense to you. So if we're doing something chronologically, for instance, let's use the example Nelson Dellis gave with the U.S. presidents. Well, in chronological order, it goes George Washington, John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, and so on and so forth. Now that you have this order, this structure, this outline to follow, you're going to want to create a visual mnemonic, a visual marker for each of these topics, in this case, each president. So I believe in Washington, 
he used a washing machine, like a laundry washer. For the second one, John Adams, the first thing that came to his mind was Adam's apple. And then for the third one, Thomas Jefferson, that can be a little unique. Maybe you're thinking of a friend of yours named Tom, or trying to find some association, some rhyme with Jefferson. So in this instance, he used Jeffrey the Giraffe, the Toys R Us mascot, as a visual marker for Jefferson. So now that you have this order, and then you've created a visual marker for each one of them, you need to link all of these in a story, in a journey. So, for example, he used going to the washing machine, he looked in the washing machine and saw it was full of apples just floating around inside the tub. And then Jeffrey the giraffe came over and ate one of the apples. And now you can see how it's causing this sequential order of the washing machine, then the apples, then Jeffrey the giraffe. That leads you to know that, all right, Washington came first and Adams was after him. And then Thomas Jefferson followed after that. So it's a really fun, unique way to really categorize a lot of information, but also just to have a certain order, a certain process involved. In memory championships, they often use this technique to remember long strings of data, such as different lists of names and characteristics that go with their names. They might give this fictional character with this name, and they have this vehicle and this job, and then you have to remember the next one and the next one and the next one. Remembering in order is going to either let you win the points or lose the points in the championship. But how can we use this for our medical studies? Well, especially if we're talking about sequences of orders, this might be good for maybe disease processes. What happens before the next thing? You're trying to remember the different pathological processes of healing. Which stage comes first in a wound healing, for instance? And what comes last? What's in between? Sometimes it's important to remember that order for exam purposes anyway, even if you probably won't use it in real life. And there are different characteristics that go with each stage. Or what about the stages of labor and delivery? That's something that's very common on the step two, for example. And knowing not only what stage is in what order, but which characteristics go with which stage and which durations are associated with each one is something that can score you a lot of extra points on your USMLE or COMLEX exams. You might also want this for different processes and procedures such as diagnostic tests and examinations, imaging that must be done for certain disease processes and certain illnesses. What comes first, an x-ray or a CAT scan, if X or Y happens? And then, of course, if you have a mnemonic for X or Y disease, then you can attach this to it. You can link it to this anchor marker, as we discussed in the last episode, and then create a sequence of events, a story that goes along with it. And the story is so much easier to remember than trying to remember text or even trying to remember individual markers on their own. Once they become associated with each other, then that story can add to the connection and add to the tone that your memory is going to hold on to for longer periods of time. But you can also use this technique for non-sequential information or charts and graphs. If you're trying to remember all of the different types of brain cancer, for instance, maybe 
one chart you have for adult brain cancers and one chart for child brain cancers. And then you want to remember the histopathologic findings of each, and you want to remember what tests are associated with each. Well, you can chunk all of the same type of cancers together into one short story and all of a different type of cancer into a second short story and then link these stories together. Then you have the entire chart memorized. If you're talking about six or seven different types of cancers, it might be easier to forget one of them individually. But if you have them all linked together in a story, you're much less likely to forget one, which might be the particular one that you're having a question asked about on your next multiple choice question. So a quick example would be a character from Glee, the movie, for glioblastoma, and they're breaking down, they're exploding some sort of barrier, maybe a wall, like a castle wall, because it crosses the midline in a CT scan. And on top of that wall is a butterfly. Sometimes they associate like a butterfly-like shape. But then when you continue on with the story, on the other side of the wall, there's a gym. And this gym is full of only men for some reason, meningioma. And once they hear the character from Glee breaking down the wall, they get panicked and they start dancing and they do this weird kind of like the Samoan war dance. I forget what it's called. And that's to associate with Samoma bodies that can be found in meningioma. So on and on and on, you can create this long, elaborate story that just groups a lot of similar information together. And especially when it comes to anything that you've seen a chart about in the past, whether it be in a textbook or in your QBank questions, those charts are usually there because the question is asking you to distinguish between very similar topics or very similar associations. And it's very difficult to remember exactly which characteristic goes with which disease. But by having this story, you can connect one to the next and you can know, oh, that doesn't go there in the story. It can't be associated with this one. It must be associated with that disease, that type of cancer, that pathology. You can also use stories to make associations like increases or decreases in a rate or a lab value or something along those lines that can be very complicated to remember the details of. Let's say you have the visual marker of a banana for the association to potassium, because for some reason we all seem to have that association. I blame the movie Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves for this, but you can use that banana and maybe in the story it gets thrown up in the air because the potassium levels are increasing, or it gets thrown down on the ground and smashed because their potassium levels plummeted in this particular disease. So again, you need to create some sort of outline of the story that you want to create, and you need to probably write this down. The memory journal we've discussed every episode is a great one for this. And then you need to create these visual markers for each main concept and main topic. And we covered that a lot in the first episode and have built on it since. So if you haven't done that yet, do go back and listen to all of these from the beginning. Then we form a story with these and we can form them in a sequential order if need be, or we can just chunk information together similar to our discussion on anchor markers and linking markers in the last episode. And by chunking more information together, whether it be in a static singular image or a dynamic story image, this allows us to really isolate what goes where, what is attached to what, what's associated with what, which factors 
are attributable to this disease or that disease and helps us not mix them up because some of them are very, very easy to mix up, especially in the high stakes, high stress testing environment. So your homework for today is to pick a topic from your current studies. If you're in step one, maybe just pick some sort of chart, some sort of graph. If you're on step two, maybe pick a disease that has a lot of either procedures that need to be done or diagnostic materials, or maybe there's a progression of the disease in a way that you can form a story. Write out the main topics of these, and these can be taken from your notes, from a bullet point review material, whatever you want, and then create a visual mnemonic for each one of these topics and associated concepts, and then form a story for it. And write down the story or record it on your phone on a voice memo. You're the only one that's going to listen to it or read it, so it doesn't need to be perfect. It just needs to be used as a reference in case you forget a point later on. If you can't think of one right now, maybe use the progression of different gallbladder diseases from gallstones to ascending cholangitis and everything in between. And there are a lot of similarities there that we need to distinguish. So how are we going to distinguish them? If we can't do it by rote memory, add a story and make sure that the associated distinguishing factor, the pentad versus the triad, are really a part of that section of the story and not used previously not in the earlier, maybe goldstone section of the story. So create at least one of these stories, make sure to write it down in your journal and review it tomorrow and review it at least one more time after that. If you haven't done it already, do go back and check the past episodes. And we have, of course, all of the associated show notes for different links in past episodes where we've covered some of this material too. Of course, you can always just search in the podcast player and it works very much like a Google search, so you can find past episodes where we've covered similar topics, including the story method. Well, in the next episode, we're going to really go more in depth about the memory palace. We might need to make two episodes on it. I'm not entirely sure yet, but we're going to work to put all of these skills together and then use the memory palace as a great storage device for everything. So I hope you do practice these techniques all of them that we've done in the past, revisit them, practice them some more, practice this week's homework assignment, and I'll see you next week. The Medical Mnemonist Podcast is powered by Med School Coach. To access Med School Coach services, including USMLE tutoring and residency admissions advising, visit our website at medschoolcoach.com. Good luck as you prepare for your board exams, and we hope you tune in again next time.